This is Notable Nerds, a pro nerd report podcast where we introduce you to really cool nerds who are doing really cool things. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my goal is to highlight nerdy, talented people who are killing it in the world. In each episode, we will hear their origin story, and they will impart a bit of advice and wisdom to others who might be looking to get in their industry or just learn something new. Without further ado, thank you for joining us, and now let's meet today's Notable Nerd. So, coming up on today's show, we got the project manager of Cygnus Studios, Alec Taub, joining the show to talk about their fun game, Cygnus Racing League. He's also going to inform us about some challenges in making a video game in 2022. And last but not least, he's going to give some advice for people who want to get in the gaming industry in the gaming development field. All this and more on this episode of the Pro Nerd Report. How you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Welcome, Alec. We're glad to have you on the show. So introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us about yourself. Yes. Well, I am the project manager at Cygnus Studios. Um, That's just sort of one title, obviously, with a team of three people. uh, You wear many hats. So uh, I'm also one of the graphic designers, one of the music designers, one of the sound designers. I run the social media marketing, the PR. yeah, <laughs> there are many things that fall under the umbrella when it comes to indie development. So we're going to get into the game in a second. But before I do that, for every mm-hmm. new guest we have on the show, we like to have a segment called Putting You on the Spot. We want to find out more about you. So I'm going to ask you your top five. So your top five specifically is what's your top five video games of all time? Oh, You know, I'd like to say that I picked really artsy choices, but I can't. Um, I, FIFA is my number one. I I can't, even though I know it's universally hated. I I'm addicted <laughs> to it. I've been playing it since uh, FIFA World Cup 2006. Okay, and who's your team? Our, uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Come oh, okay. on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Um, but yeah, so FIFA's the number one. Been playing that for years and years and years. Um, uh, Battlefield. That's another top one. Uh, whether it was Battlefield 1, Battlefield 4, Battlefield 5, I've really enjoyed all of those. 2042 is growing on me. It's a slow process. They're making changes. Um, as a kid, I used to love Elder Scrolls Oblivion. That was another really big one for me. Um, I My favorite one out of, out of all the Elder Scrolls is Oblivion as well. Right? I was actually just talking about this with a, with a friend the other day. Like, I like Skyrim a lot, but the aesthetic of of ES4 was just magnificent. It's it's very D&D-esque, very it's just phenomenal. It's a great game. It really uh, is. I think it had the better story. Like I know Skyrim always, you know, gets like the mm-hmm. the head and shoulders like above that game. But I think like Oblivion is like underrated story-wise. I think it's underrated like gameplay-wise. The guilds are fantastic. All those side quests are like, amazing. And the fact that you're not like the one who has to save the world is like a refreshing take on like video game storytelling. Completely agreed. In fact, um, I recently just started getting into mage based characters because I was always more of the sword and shield kind of guy or the biggest axe you could find. And <laughs> uh, after playing the, the, I guess it's the mages guild. It's not the guild. What is it? It's the school at the, in, in Skyrim. After I think playing the, that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, after playing that and then actually playing the Mage's Guild and just how much more in-depth the Mage's Guild was in comparison to the College of Winter Winterhold, I was like, this is kind of crazy how far they went back in comparison to what a masterpiece Oblivion was. Yeah, it's like they went backwards. It, and it sucks because I'm like, they really had the system nailed down in, in Oblivion. I don't know why they went backwards. Yeah, I think it's they tried to do something different, which again, I appreciate. Like, I, I appreciate how Bethesda tries tries to do different storytelling. But yeah, it's 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 a hard follow up on that one. It really um, is. So I think yeah, that's three, right? Yes. Uh, so another one, probably the game that started it all for me was Half-Life. Uh, we played the original Half-Life as kids and that game. I've I've replayed Half-Life way more than I should. <laughs> I understand. I just I find- now like am diving into Alex, like half half oh, and this is yeah. yeah. Like I am so excited to really like dive into it, but I've only had like the headset for a couple of days. So Oh, I feel it. Yeah. From our perspective, Valve is like our heroes. That's who we sort of base ourselves off of because their approach to storytelling and technology is just is second to none. Like Valve is just an absolutely incredible company. Um, so, and of course it all started with Half-Life and it's hilarious to hear them talk about how they made the game because they had the technology and the story was second, yet the story is so good. It really is <laughs> phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Probably one of the better stories of all time. Like it really is that good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. It's just it it blows my mind that that's the secondary thought for them is oh yeah I guess we'll throw a story over this. <laughs> yeah, so number 5, what we what you uh, got? Number 5, the one that I played to death as a kid was Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. Um, oh wow. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, that game we we grew up obviously on all the Star Wars games mm-hmm. uh, or the late 90s Star Wars games as kids and then to get sort of a game where you could make your own protagonist and then make your own decisions within the Star Wars universe was mind blowing uh, as a small kid. So now it's I'm I'm excited to see if we're returning to that now with Star Wars games. Okay, that's dope. I when you were like starting off in saying like Star Wars, I thought you were gonna go Kotor route, like, mm. and so you kind of surprised me with that choice. Kotor is amazing. I, and the older I get, the more I appreciate KOTOR. But as, see how old, like, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy came out in, like, 2003. So I was, mm-hmm. like, seven or eight. So f- for my for my little brain, I couldn't comprehend KOTOR. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> turn-based Knight. thing is, like, so different, too, you know. <laughs> Very much so. So I didn't have the patience for that as a kid. And, uh, you know, Jedi Academy was, like, real-time. So I could get into that a bit more. That is so cool. So... Now that we got to know you a little bit, let's talk about your game, Cygnus Racing League. Yeah. So Cygnus Racing League is a multiplayer-based battle racer um, that takes a lot of arcade influences and is it's in early alpha. So we're, we're very early on in development. And we're really developing with the goal of having the community help shape the game. Um, the community response so far has been incredible. Uh, I, a lot of people are being real patient with us, understanding that we're a small team and understanding that, you know, to make the changes that we want to make to make this game, you know, something that a community can really get behind takes time. 
Um, so right now we're working on an absolutely huge overhaul of the gameplay uh, as we as the original goal was sort of just to port the game over to PC and then start to get an audience reaction. Now that we have that audience reaction, we're working on a big overhaul that originally started off as just an event, but is now going to become the entire theme of the game. So we're going to be sort of a vaporwave-based battle racer um, with all kinds of crossovers into uh, some uh, gameplay similar to Rocket League or Burnout or Twisted Metal. Um, so we're really excited to... Uh, see what next month brings that sounds really cool so what was the inspiration behind the game like what got y'all started with this project yeah so i initially started game development uh in late 2018 uh my brother had just graduated from uc davis uh with his degree in uh, computer computer science mm -hmm. and he and another friend who had also just graduated sort of got together and they were trying to think about you know, what they wanted to do with their lives. Um, and they sort of, you know, being gamers, they were like, well, we could do that. So they started off initially with a super ambitious idea. Um, and when I came back, because I was in school at the time as well, when I came back over winter break, they sort of approached me and were like, hey, we kind of need somebody to be sort of the project manager of this. And so I stepped in as project manager. We sort of planned out how we were going to approach you know, this really big project. And initially the project was was going to be sort of like a, um, a No Man's Sky kind of game or a, uh, oh, what's the one that's coming out with Beth Bethesda? Starfield? So, yeah, Starfield. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we were thinking about a game in that vein, um, but then we started to realize as it was going on that we were taking on a really, really complex project that was going to take years and years and years and years of work, especially for a small team of three people. Um, so we decided to sort of shift gears and at least just get into game development as a whole so that we could have a sense of idea and scope of what we were trying to build. So we sort of came back around to that sort of twisted metal idea. Um, we wanted to build games that were within the same universe as our, as the main game that we were looking at. And so, uh, you know, having played Twisted Metal, I think it was on PlayStation 1 as a kid, we really, really enjoyed that game. Um, and we wanted to make a mobile game. And we really hadn't come across any mobile games that were like that. So we're like, okay, let's try to make a futuristic sort of version of Twisted Metal. Um, and then it sort of has developed into sort of its own thing as time has gone on. It's uh, There was a time where we thought it was going to be a battle royale, and then it sort of shifted into a battle racer. Um, and now we're bringing in a new 5v5 game mode in this next update uh, that's going to be almost like Quidditch. So we're really... Oh, that's dope. <laughs> that is a really cool idea. As a Harry Potter stand, I'm like, that's right in my alley right there. Yeah. So what inspired that choice? Yeah. So we, we, we have been sort of just going along the ride of when we, you know, come up with a concept of, you know, trying to get the most out of it, uh, especially because, as I said, we are a small team. So trying to find a way to get as much out of what we can do is really the value of what we're trying to do at our company. Oh, that's really cool. And that's a really, really cool take to have as well. Like I'm excited that you, you won me over with the Harry Potter, like five V five Quidditch style. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Especially in a racer. Like that's, that's like, it's revolutionary. And I can't think of another game that's ever done that. 
Well, that's why we were kind of excited for it is we weren't, you know, initially thinking about, or when we were initially thinking about games, we're like, how do we do something that's different? Um, and so, uh, my older brother, Zachary, who's the lead programmer was like, well, what if we did a five V five mode where, you know, you have two players who are the lap runners and they are the ones trying to complete as many laps as possible. And what if all the rest of the team is either trying to protect their runner or kill the other person's runner? I was like, I haven't heard of anything like that. That's a really good idea. And so then it's trying to find things like, okay, how do we replicate, you know, maybe having something similar to a golden snitch kind of thing where, you know, you can earn a bunch of points if you go off and do this sort of side thing in the middle of it. So we're, we're still playing around with certain aspects of it. Um, but we're really excited to debut it uh, next month. That's really cool, especially like from a sports perspective. I'm like, especially if like you have like a different like point system for like, you know, being able to tackle like the the snitch, so to speak. I'm like, that sounds amazing. That sounds like something that I'd really be into. And like Loki, it kind of sounds like like a modern like 5v5 take on like the Rocket League scoring system, but in a like twisted metal way. And I'm like, that's innovative. I like that. Yeah, that again, we that was kind of our goal. And it didn't the goal sort of developed organically because we started playing around with the new physics system because our community was unhappy with the movement system, which mm -hmm. was fair. Um, we were trying to develop uh, you know, a movement system that was coming from mobile to PC. And it was not something that we felt entirely comfortable with. So then when we got some really good feedback. And we sort of were trying to break the physics of our game. We sort of came up with something that felt similar to a Rocket League style movement. And we're like, okay, well then how can we incorporate that into our game? And lo and behold, that's how that game mode came about. And we're really, really excited. I, I'm really excited for one map in particular that's going to pit sort of the two teams on opposite skyscrapers. And they're going to be oh. bouncing from the they're going to be driving up the sides of buildings and trying to hop over buildings to get to the very finish line at the other end. Of course, while trying to blow each other up, it's going to be pure chaos, which is what we live for. <laughs> that is absolutely fun. Like that sounds like a really good time. So let me ask you, like, what are some challenges to making a game in 2022? So the biggest challenge for us is standing out. Um, we are in a market that is filled with incredible developers, um, both AAA and indie. Um, and that has its own pitfalls as well. Obviously, being an indie company, we don't have the resources that an EA or an Ubisoft or, mm -hmm. um, or an Epic has. So trying to come up with a way to stand out in that crowd is really, really difficult. Uh, for us, we found that it's, you know, trying to be somebody who not only is supportive of our community and really listening to what our community has to say, but trying to be supportive of everybody else's community as well. Uh, the indie development, the indie dev community as a whole is just amazing. Um, all Everybody is so supportive of each other. So being able to give back to them is, is awesome and to be a part of that, as well as, you know, fostering a community of your own and being able to give you know, hopefully hours of enjoyment to a bunch of people is really, really fulfilling. So trying to stand out in that massive crowd is difficult. Um, but overall, it's it's been pretty good. Um, sort of the, uh, the only other problem or the biggest challenge that I can think of is also keeping up with technology. Um, I think we see it now with Unreal Engine 5 coming out. Um, being able to pick 
a game engine is is a difficult choice with how quickly things are moving and knowing what platform to develop for and the pitfalls that come with working with the companies that own those um, mm-hmm. own those different platforms as well. So there's there's definitely a lot of aspects that you need to consider when indie developing, but those are I would say the two probably biggest challenges are yeah the just standing out and being able to keep up with the technology. So about the game engines, like, do you think that's like the most stressful decision y'all have had like so far in the, in the development cycle is like, whoa, are we actually going to commit to this engine or, you know, like, cause that sounds like you like when you brought that up, I was thinking like, man, that sounds almost like, like marriage, so to speak. You're, you're committed <laughs> at that point from this day forward. And it's crazy. Yeah, it is. So uh, initially with our, with our original game idea, um, we actually built our own engine because we were unhappy with the engine capabilities that were available to us at that point. Um, And so everything that we've done, we've built in-house, both in terms of game engine and assets. And yeah, I mean, you're exactly what you're talking about. It's, you know, because for Epic is, or the Epic engine is a really great example. That engine has been worked on for, what 30 years now 40 years i mean they've been around for a very long time so how does an engine that we've built in you know two to three years how can we stack it up against an engine that's been around that has billions of dollars of investment and has hundreds of people that are constantly working on improving it so exactly what you're talking about it's trying to find trying to see how you stack up against you know not only the AAA companies and what you can bring um, but also, you know, are the decisions that you're making in-house the best decisions to make given the assets and tools that are available to us? Um, I know there's a big debate over, I can't remember the other graphical design uh, program, but we use Blender and we use mm-hmm. Blender because it's free. I mean, and, and, but the community that helps foster that is incredible. And it's like, okay, how, how do you move away from Blender to potentially a different um, 3d design software when you have such amazing things in house but like these are questions that we constantly have to ask ourselves because yeah it's it's really hard to stay relevant when the software around you is moving so quickly it really is nice that you have a community like the blender community to like kind of like lean back on so to speak because i'm like from what i hear like they are very much you know accepting and you know accommodating for a lot of different things and then like the faqs like they are very much like a community like a real life community over there so that's really cool that you have that resource the blender community is it's it's actually insane that it's a real thing that you don't have to pay for like it is the things that they are able to produce out of that software it never ceases to amaze me. And on top of it, as you said, they are so welcoming. They are so accepting and they are so willing to help. Um, I definitely would not have been able to build a game, let alone build a single asset. If we didn't have the resources that were available on YouTube that were able to provide those things Mm -hmm. Um, to be able to hear how people are doing things within blender and design is critical to how we approach how we design ships or how we design buildings Um, because you're always looking to be able to do it better cleaner and more efficiently and again blender and the resources that are available to it then the people involved with it are constantly improving that that is really cool 
so how long have you been working on this game so in this on the pc port in total it's only been a year which is okay it's crazy to me that it's only been a year and considering how far we've come with it um but in total on Cygnus Racing League, because we initially started out on mobile, uh, we started developing it oh, excuse me, in late 2019. Okay. So it's been it's been a couple of years. No, but like do do you like feel like like as the game's growing, you're growing as a person as well? For sure. For sure. Um when I started off in game development, I mean I got my degree in communication and, and I Same took here. a I, oh, there you go. So I took a class on video game research and I kind of learned a little bit in that class, but I didn't, most of the things that I'm doing on a daily basis, aside from the social media marketing stuff, have nothing to do with my degree path. So uh, learning how to use Blender <laughs> from day one to now has been has been an epic journey for sure. Um, it's but almost also, like learning a foreign language, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy because when you initially start, you're just trying to build whatever. And you kind of build it poorly, but you're satisfied with the results. And you'll just come back like maybe even a month later. And it's not a tremendous amount of time. And you just see it and you go, oh, my God, that is garbage. And you destroy <laughs> the entire thing and rebuild it from scratch. Um I know when we were starting our initial PC port, um, it had been probably close to a year since I had worked on ship models and returning to it and then seeing the wasted vertices and seeing the broken geometry. I was like, how did anybody allow me to build a game? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's definitely been a process, but it's been a very worthwhile process. Um, it's been a very satisfying process as well to not only see the growth and certain things like that, but also the understanding of just how game development works in general. Um, I definitely feel a lot more sympathy for AAA developers, uh, having started where I started, um, you know, a couple of years ago, cause it helps me understand, you know, things like the cyberpunk problem. Um, yeah. where it's just it's more about the people who are pushing developers to their brink um, and really keeping really strict time constraints that makes things very difficult for large groups of people to be able to produce a game that isn't broken and isn't buggy. Um, there's a lot of shortcuts that are taken when you're putting those kinds of time constraints in. So, um, yeah, my understanding and and uh, empathy for for developers everywhere has grown tremendously, as well as my amazement. I mean, again, the things that people are producing now are just absolutely incredible. I mean, the gaming, the game, the video game scene has just grown so immensely, and the technology is so readily available for everyone that the the things that people are producing are absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, to echo what you're saying, it's like it's sort of hard for like people who have never like experienced, you know, the other side of the fence, like the the actual development cycle to actually see like all the effort that goes into like making something like this. This is almost the equivalent of like a person building a house, so to speak, you know, like mm -hmm. you are legitimately building something with your bare hands that not everyone can do, you know, like you have yeah. to have like that knowledge and that that like know how to actually do these things. And then like it's i i hate that you know like sometimes like people don't remember that these are people too who are working on this like these are yeah. real human beings that are working on like the cyberpunks of the world and mm -hmm. you know like 
So it's a little disappointing, you know, when people like overreact to, to like, you know, a game being, you know, not as quite as polished as it could have been or, you know, like not quite as satisfactory as they would like. Because I'm like, these people worked like for five years in some cases, I mean, even longer, you know, like to yeah. work on this project. So you do have to re remember, like there are humans behind the actual like IP as well. But man, yeah, it is. It's crazy, though. Like, do you think. So my next question, do you think like besides this, you know, like this game right now, like, do you think this mm -hmm. game will go in another direction in the future as far as like, because y'all are constantly innovating, you're constantly adjusting, you, you're making different mm -hmm. modes and stuff like that. Do you think mm -hmm. like this is going to be like the final, like these are the final modes that are in the game or you feel like it's going to adjust even further? Yeah, it's, it's. If anything, especially now, because I remember, I, 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 you, I bet you remember this as a kid. It's like you got excited for expansion packs. It's oh, like, yeah, oh sure. man, you would get, you know, I, I think it was, I think it was the first Call of Duty came with mm -hmm. like two different expansion packs that came out like a year or two after it, and you'd play it, and it was really exciting. But now everything today is live service. Um, even uh, Destiny Two, again, the game that I've been absolutely playing to death lately. Uh, it's like they've gone through three or two or three different seasonal events in the matter of three weeks. Like you're just constantly getting new and new content. And it's sort of the same thing with us. I mean, uh, with any live service multiplayer game, you're looking to constantly bring in new game modes and also trying to see what sticks. Um, you know, in the case of Fortnite, for them, it was getting rid of building and, you know, making the game even more bare bones and people really gravitated towards that. And it's the same thing with us. You know, we want to provide different game modes that people like. And, you know, you're going to try different game modes and some things will stick and then some things won't. Um, and it's the community that's really going to dictate what they want out of the experience, whether they want us to, you know, make movement more complex or make movement even simpler. Um, whether they want, uh, you know, different combat things, whether they want us to nerf different things. So these are constantly things that we are, uh, because we're in constant communication with our community, um, that we are constantly building and adjusting. And yeah, we want to keep adding new tracks and new maps and new game modes and new ships and want to keep people uh, playing this game for as long as possible. So that like when you were talking, I was also thinking of like a question, like how much research do y'all do in like with like this genre of games? Because you're you're in a multiple like faceted genre of like you're a battle, you know, racer, you know, so mm -hmm. like you have like shooting mechanics to a certain extent. And then you also have the racing side of things like where does your research come from? I'm like, are you playing Twisted Metal all the time? Did, did you look Did you look at Destruction All-Stars and think like, okay, that didn't work in, in these aspects. I'm like, okay, Crash Team wor Racing works like in these aspects, like, you know, Mario Kart works in these aspects. Like, where does mm -hmm. the inspiration come from? I'm like, where's the research come from? It comes from, like you just said, everywhere. It's um, because there's so many aspects to the game. It's you have to sort of break down and this is sort of the, the fun thing about game development is playing other games and seeing how people tackled similar issues mm -hmm. um, to the shooting. Right. So just the combat features, it's like, okay, let's look at the popular combat games and you look and it's, Oh, well, counter-strike and you have call of duty and you have halo. And so you go off and you play those things and you come back and you go, okay, what are aspects that they're doing that we don't have? And it's, Oh, well they have this special effect or, Oh, you know, they have this way of aiming that we could incorporate or, 
um, one of the questions that we just had a little bit of ago, uh, it was doom. Um, mm -hmm. like what makes doom satisfying as a game? And it's, you know, the weapon gameplay feels a certain way. The combat feels a certain way. The effects make you feel a certain way. The music plays into it to make you feel a certain way about the way that you approach combat in that game. And yeah, it's for like, sure. Okay. The heavy middle kicks in and you're like, okay, this feels like doom, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you, you know, it's, it's those little aspects where it's like, okay, how can we take things from these already established genres and apply it to our game? Because the, the other thing that you want to do as a game developer is, you know, provide a little bit of familiarity. You know, mm -hmm. people, all, always, people always want something new, but they also want something that they can relate to, that they, you know, have maybe played before, but not in the same vein. Um, for instance, if I think if you look at Madden and what was uh, the 2K football back in the day, yeah. from a gameplay standpoint, like they're, they're similar concepts. They just have different ways of going about it, but there's certainly aspects that I know I go, Oh man, I really enjoyed the, you know, this passing mechanic from 2K, but then I'd play it in Madden and go, yeah, but I enjoy the running style of Madden more. And so you're trying to always find the little aspects of how people have approached these problems differently and see how you can apply it to your own. Cause Again, there's so many really well-established methods that um, being able to break those down and apply it to your game really, really helps. Man, that's a lot of insight. Like, I don't think a lot of people, you know, really, like, think about game development, like, because, like, there's so many layers to this that, uh, that you know, we don't see on the outside. Like, this is, it's almost like an onion in its own right. Like, we only get to see the finished product, the finished onion, you know, like, we didn't get to see how many, like, y'all construct the layers around it. So, mm -hmm. I feel like that's, y'all are doing, like, all the nerdy, like, good work that we love and stuff like that, and but we don't really appreciate. So, thank you very much, because, like, this is so much, like, dope insight that we're getting right now. Yeah, no, I'm happy to provide it because, yeah, it's actually to a degree being a game developer has ruined games for me to a degree. I bet. Because I'll, I'll go in and play something. I'll be like, how did they do that? And then I look at it and I go, oh, they just did this, 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 and this. I know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of really ruins cool. the so, experience a little bit. <laughs> so now that you're like as, playing as a game developer, like, Mm -hmm. Is there a certain game that you look forward to because you're looking forward to it from a mechanical standpoint Ooh. as well as, you know, just playing the game in general? I mean, I always get excited for... Lately, my excitement has been in Destiny, ironically. Um, okay. it's, it's a game that's been out for a while, but they have achieved something that is really hard to achieve, and it's not mechanic-based, but it's gameplay loop. So mm -hmm. um, the way that I was always taught to think about gameplay loop was you want to achieve sort of a middle ground where you don't want things to be too easy, but you don't want things to be too hard. And you want things to be really fulfilling. And they have really mastered the addictive gameplay loop of loop of I go and do something, I get rewarded for it. The more difficult I do something, the better the chances that I'm going to get something. And even last night, I was sitting here grinding through like the little Vanguard playlist and it's double XP. And it's like, oh man, I'm gonna get that exotic cipher. Oh man, I'm gonna get that exotic <laughs> cipher. You're just you're just keep you just keep going and going and going. And then one actually an exotic engram dropped, and then at the end I still got my exotic engram. And I'm like, oh my god, I got two exotics out of this. This is amazing. And it's it's like those moments that keep you going and 
for us, it's like we look at Destiny and we go, okay, how do we get that into our game? And how do we mm -hmm. do it in a way that is beneficial to consumers? Because that's the other thing, too, is we don't want to be a loot box game. You don't want to be, you know, the FIFA Ultimate team where people yeah, are spending, sure. uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars just so they can get a Ronaldo card. It's, I personally don't find that satisfying. I know a lot of people or a lot of the people I game with don't, and I know our community doesn't want that. So it's like, okay, how can we set up things in such a way that you're constantly getting people coming back going, okay, well, what if I try this? Or, oh, what if I try that? Um, so that's something, but the, my only other answer for that is anything valve does is they <laughs> like even their little steam deck game that they came out. I was with, just going to ask you about that. It's, it's like, I, I downloaded it one night cause it works on PC and I played the whole thing and it left a lasting impression on me. And I just sat back in my chair and I went, how on earth did they tell such a compelling story? in 25 minutes like how did i sit there play through a tech demo and go i want more like it's it's absolutely incredible the things that they're able to do to, over there that's amazing so let me ask you like you're you're in game development like mm -hmm. you had a journey to get here as well what would you say to like new people who want to get where you're at right now like to want to get into the game development Ah, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it's really going to be dependent on what you enjoy. And I think that's really what it comes down to with game development is you have to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy programming, don't be a programmer. If you don't enjoy art design or you don't enjoy making music or trying to come up with game mechanics and things, definitely don't do it. But if if you have a passion for it, and that's something that you really, really want to do, that's how you're going to make good games. Um, and that's really how you're going to make games in general. Um, a lot of the work that we do can be a bit tedious. I mean, there's times that, oh gosh, when I know um, one of the things that we do is vertex cleanup a lot in our models. And so, you know, I might design an initial model and then the FPS comes back and it's a bit too low. And then it's like, okay, well, how can you redesign this? And so it you know, becomes a process of three to four hours of me going through a model, going almost vertex by vertex to see what I can get rid of, what I can change, how can I make you know, rounded objects square, but still appear rounded and things like that. And it can be really, really tedious work, but because I enjoy it so much, you know, I, it's always given me something to look forward to. So for any young developer out there, it's not even that you necessarily need the skill. You just need the passion for it. Because um, I certainly didn't come into this with any game development skills. And <laughs> after years and years of work, it's it's getting better and better and better. So that's sort of my advice is as long as you're coming into it and this is something that they really, really want to do, I mean, that's really all you need because everything else can be learned. Again, there's great communities on YouTube uh, for Blender, for programming. Uh, there's great communities, especially for uh, engine development on Reddit. I know that's a place where my brother has been talking to a lot of people. Um, they, they've really helped us in directing us towards better graphics APIs that help the game run better. Um, so it's just, it's the little things like that where I, most of this can be learned on the fly. It's just, you got to have the, the the will to do it so one final question 
Like, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with the game. This has more to do, like, you personally. How was mm-hmm. it like working with your brother? Like, do you do you enjoy it? Did you imagine growing up that you'd be working on a video game with your brother? Nope. Nope. This, this, then that's sort of the beauty of life, right? You're never entirely sure where it's going to take you. I mean, I never thought I'd be in game development. I didn't think that was anything I would ever be doing. But, you know, I, my brother sort of came to me with this, <laughs> what I initially thought was kind of a crazy idea at the time and was like, okay, I can, I can get behind that a bit. And, and as time went on and then we were, you know, continuing development, I was like, okay, we actually have something here. And I really, you know, and I still continue to buy into it and really believe in uh, his abilities as a programmer to keep building the engine and build the game as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's actually been really, really amazing. Um, it's helped us connect, uh, a lot better as well. Cause you know, we, we're both sort of going through it together. Uh, That's so really anything cool. that happens, yeah. So anything that happens good or bad, it's like, you know, I have him to lean on as well as he has me. And of course we have a really good friend, Morris, uh, who's been a childhood friend since I was like eight years old, who's also our other programmer. So the three of us, I think have a really close bond, um, that has definitely come from working nonstop since <laughs> the last three or four years. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm just imagining him coming to you like after a family dinner, basically. It was like, I think I have an idea. I think yeah. we're going to make a video game now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I would laugh because, you know, we try to keep I mean, he he's he's sort of a work addict. That man he, that like that engine is his baby. So he he works crazy hours to keep building on it and keep improving it and keep doing the things that he does for it. But I I like to keep a better work life balance. I, I try to go for I'm like okay I'm gonna work my set amount of hours, but I also need my breaks. And so it'll be funny when you know I'll finish a game and get ready to go to bed and it's like eleven and I'll just be getting some water or something. He comes up to me, he goes, "All right, I got this idea." And he and I will just sit there and talk for like the next 2 to 3 hours and be like, "Oh yeah, we could do this, and then we could do that, and oh yeah, we need to do this, and oh, this is really good." And all of a sudden it's, you know, 2 a.m. and you're like, "Oh yeah, wait, I was going to go to bed. Oh yeah, I should probably do that cuz I got work tomorrow." Yeah, basically <laughs> he just called a like impromptu work meeting. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Yeah, we we have impromptu work meetings all the time, even with Morris, because Morris and I game together a lot. And like mm-hmm. we'll be in the middle of playing something, and it's always great when I go, oh, you know what? That's a really cool feature. Can we do that? And Morris, yeah, we could probably do that. And we sort of discuss as we're playing a game how we could you know use some of those features on our own. Okay, so side question. And then mm-hmm. I know you have to go, so I'll be quick. So no, you're good. I was thinking to I was thinking just now, like, I know you play video games, you're developing video games, like you put in like <laughs> tons of work and tons of hours into Destiny as well. Like, yes, what is your game of the year so far in 2022? Like, Ooh. what would you pro- have you been playing in new things? Or is it mostly just like grinding away on Destiny night after night? Yeah, I, I don't know if I have a, the game a game of the year so far. I mean, I definitely Obviously, because I, you know, again, interact with the gaming community, it's part of my job Mm -hmm. is to see what's popular out there, see what people are playing. Given the hype that was around Elden Ring and how obsessed people were with it when it came out, I wouldn't be surprised if it was there. I'm hearing a lot of great feedback on Stray. I know that just came Mm -hmm. out yesterday. People are really enjoying that. But there was a game before that that people were loving, too. 
That's and I'm like, there's a, been a lot, you know, like Sifu was really popular when it mm-hmm. came out, you know, mm-hmm. um, Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West, and then yeah. you know, Stray just came out. I mean, there's been a there's been a lot of like solid games, you know, both on the indie side and on the like big AAA side. So, oh it's yeah, been quite oh, a year yeah. for video games. And I'm interacting with the indie community as much as I do. There are some really awesome indie titles that are coming out. Um, off the top of my head, I know Tantheus. They're our good friends. Mm-hmm. Their game looks incredible. Like I'm really excited for that one to come out. Um, trying to think off the top of my head, I know Bright Studios has one com- that I think that is already out. I think it's I can't remember what it was called, but their game also looks incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean the again the games that are out right now are just it's it's insane the how many great games that there are right now. And in 2022 just seems to be absolutely hitting it out of the park. I know we have God of war coming out in. I think later. November 11th or November. Yeah. 9th. Mm-hmm. We got, got yeah, the next God of war well. and given their track record, you know, that's going to be good. Um, Cult of the Star- lamb, I think is another big indie game that's coming out in like mm-hmm. in next month. I'm right around this time. I think. Mm-hmm. And I know Starfield was delayed this year, but they were, I would assume, with Bethesda would be in the running. Um, and then whatever Nintendo is going to do this fall, so, you oh know, like Bayonetta 3, you know, <laughs> like Pokemon. I'm like, can't leave them out of the race, but yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there's just too much. And I think that's also part of the problem for me is my wallet can't keep up with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all of us as gamers. Like, man, yeah. it is an expensive hobby, but we love it. Absolutely love it. Exactly. I think that's why I definitely try to gravitate towards the game. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to buy, if I'm going to spend full price on this, I need to get at least 200 hours out of this. Cause if I'm not getting that, it's not worth it. <laughs> I understand completely. <laughs> I understand completely. So, Thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate all the insight you provided. Uh, we can't wait to play more of the game, Cygnus League, uh, Cygnus Racing League, because it's out on early access right now. And <laughs> pretty soon, you know, like down the road, y'all are going to have this game out. And it's, you know, I'm going to have you back on the show because I really want to talk all about it because this has been a great conversation. I would love to have you back again. I would love to be back. I mean, thank you so much for having us on your platform. It's absolutely phenomenal. I've loved all the shows. Um, and we would love to be back. We would love to be back and hopefully talk about a, a more polished product by the time uh, we come back on here. Because, yeah, we have that big update coming out next month. Um, it originally started off as an event, but now is a full-fledged change. So we're looking at an entire engine overhaul uh, that should hopefully imp- improve performance for a lot of folks. Uh, we apologize to our AMD users. Uh, we did not have access to AMD GPUs. So we weren't able to optimize for that, but now with the new engine should help a lot of AMD users as well as some NVIDIA users. Um, So yeah, new engine, new soundtrack, new music, new game mode, new tracks. It's, it's going to new physics system. It's, it's an entirely different game and we're really, really excited for people to play it. Oh, that's exciting. So where can people find you and the game in general? Yeah, so you can find the game on Steam. You can pick up a copy today for free. Uh, we are giving away the game for free until we feel like the game is in a spot where we're, we're happy selling it to consumers. Um, so pick it up now. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cygnus Studios LLC. You can also find us on Instagram at Cygnus Studios. 
Um, and we also post, we usually post monthly or weekly updates as to what we're developing or working on um, on Steam. So you can find us in the, on our Steam community and you can reach out to us there as well as on our Discord channel. Uh, I think it's just Cygnus. Yeah, it's the Cygnus Racing League chat where we post uh, usually play tests in there. So if you want to be a member that helps develop our game, hit us up in there and, you know, help shape the future of Cygnus Racing League. That is really cool. Like, thank you so much for being on the show. And, you know, anytime you're ready, you can just jump on the show. You're a friend of the show now. So I'm like, anytime you're ready, we're happy to have you back. Thank you so much again for joining us, Alec. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So that's it for today's show. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Alec and the team at Cygnus Studios. Go check out their game, Cygnus Racing League. It is dope and it is available right now on early access on Steam. Hey, what's up everyone? Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I just want to remind you that you can get Notable Nerds every single Thursday and we're going to bring you the dopest guest in the nerd community. If you want to suggest a nerd that you think should be on the show or discuss topics of an episode with others, join us on the Pro Nerd Report Facebook group. Once you're in, go ahead and provide some feedback. The link to join us in the Pro Nerd Report free Facebook group is in the show notes. We want to thank you for joining us today and we hope to catch you every single Thursday. Holla at your boy later. Peace.